thankful on the Lord's day for the opportunity to come together and worship God and sing praises to his name. We're glad that you're here. Our guest speaker this morning is Brother Joel Danley. He has his wife Hannah and their four children with us. Brother Joel has a degree from Freed Hardeman University in Biblical Studies. He's been preaching for about 13 years. He has worked for several congregations and also as a youth minister. And he is now preaching at the Lake Hills Church of Christ. When I was talking to Brother Joel just a few minutes ago, my first song leading was back at the Lake Hills Church of Christ back in 1961 or 62. My dad preached there for a while, and I got to started leading singing, and that was, a, that was a great time. I know that Brother Joel is doing a great job out there. We're thankful that we have the opportunity to listen to him and meet his family today. You now we turn it over, Brother Joel. Good morning. If you've got your copy of God's Word in front of you, whether it's electronic or hard copy, you might be turning to the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah and chapter 6, and I'll meet you there. We'll meet there in just a few moments. Let me say thank you for having us with you this morning, the opportunity to be here. We appreciate the invitation from the elders and the opportunity to share and worship with you this morning. As I always try to say, though, a lot of times at worship, our goal and our purpose for being here this morning is to first and foremost to worship Him in spirit and in truth. But I think God knew what he had planned and what his intention was. As we assemble here to worship him together, we have an opportunity to encourage one another. And the fun and the fellowship and the laughter that oftentimes goes with the encouragement, as we talked about in the class I was in this morning, the encouragement that goes along with being together is such a great blessing. And we look forward to getting to meet some of you. We've met a few of you already, uh, but we would love to meet some of you here in a few moments when we're done and get to know some of you a little bit better. Uh, we have been known, I don't know if it's good or bad, but we've been known in some places as the folks that will stay the longest, and they tell you just to turn the lights off and lock the doors on your way out and you'll be all right. Uh, but we enjoy visiting, we enjoy meeting folks and getting to know you, and we would love the chance to do that if we've not already said hi to you this morning. Uh, it is a holiday weekend. Maybe you uh, have the day off tomorrow if you currently work, uh, and we hope that you have a good and safe holiday. And as well, uh, many of you have given your time to this country in service, and we're thankful for that. But we also want to honor those who have given their life, and we are especially thankful for those of you who maybe have a family member uh, who gave their life in service to this country. And while we enjoy our freedom here and our time and the ability to have a holiday, and we certainly want to honor those, and we hope that you have a, a blessed day tomorrow as we honor those who have given their life for this country. When we go to the book of Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 6, uh, Jeremiah is a spokesperson for God. Jeremiah is uh, in the difficult position, though, of being a prophet. Of course, we know that prophets were not always someone that would foretell the future, but as well someone that would be foretelling, sharing the word of God. And so as Jeremiah is going about and doing that, he's in the difficult position, though, of speaking to a group of people who don't really want to listen. Now, that's not the idea, of course, of some of us preachers today. If maybe somebody falls asleep or, or something like that. These are people who just don't want to hear what he has to say. Jeremiah is preaching the same message that is really preached all throughout the Bible. When we go from the beginning to the end, we see this message of turning back to God away from our sinful ways. We see this idea of repent or perish. And Jeremiah is trying to drive this message home to those people who he is uh, around at this time and who he is trying to encourage. As we come to Jeremiah chapter 6 and we look at verse 16, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. 
Now this passage may be familiar to you. It's a passage that has a little phrase in it that we oftentimes use in our brotherhood. You may have seen it among, among publications. You may have seen it among uh, different youth days or lectureships. But it's a phrase that we like to hearken to sometimes. And I would like for us to think about that for just a few moments this morning. And that is the idea of seeking the old paths. Seeking the old paths. We read the word of the Lord here that says that, but, you know, a lot of times when we talk about seeking the old paths, we have a problem when we say that phrase. And the problem is, is I look among this audience, I see some folks that may be a little older in age, but I see some young people as well. And when we talk about seeking the old paths, a lot of times people hear that and they begin to say, old? You mean we have to go after something that is old? Because when we hear the word old, we don't think a lot of times of good things. You know, sometimes when we think of the idea of old, we think of things such as this. Now, for you young people, I'll translate. I'm not that old, but I'm old enough. I'll translate. This is a typewriter. Okay? Some of you may not recognize that. It looks like a laptop. It has keys on it, buttons, letters. Okay? It's similar to a laptop. But this is the way that people had to communicate in the long ago. All right? We won't call it the dark ages, but long ago. Uh, This is the way that people would have to pass things along. And some of you may still own one of those in your house. But this is a typewriter. But for some young people, and for some of us, when we think of old, we think of something like that. Unless you think of something like this. Okay, again, young people, this is a television, okay? You couldn't just sit in your chair and point the remote control. Somebody had to get up and go turn that dial. Those are dials on the side to get to the channel you wanted to watch. So, yeah, sometimes things don't look the same. We think of old. We think of old things such as that or maybe even something like this, okay? It wasn't always your thumbs that you used on the telephone. It was the finger that you used to turn the dial, and that was how you had to call somebody. I don't think you'd want to carry that in your pocket such as you can do with something like this, all right? But that was a telephone, and that was how we had to communicate. But now, for us, when we think about old things, this is sort of what comes to our mind. And that creates a little bit of problem for us because a lot of times when we hear old, we think bad. Okay, we hear about seeking the old paths, and that sounds like something that is bad to us. But the reality of the situation is not all things that are old are bad. And we have to sometimes get that out of our mind, especially, and we're going to get into it in a moment, with the idea of seeking the old paths. But in a lot of things, old doesn't always equal bad. Some of you might recognize this baseball card. All right. I don't know if any of you knew Honus Wagner. I don't know if any of you that, that old have known Honus Wagner. That was a baseball card that was, uh, and some of you can see, I know it's a little small on the screen, but on the right-hand side there next to the picture, uh, it talks about the cigarettes that were, uh, that were sold as a part of that on the back side. My understanding is Honus Wagner did not like that, the idea that his picture, and it was sold with cigarettes, and so he asked them to stop making those. And so there was a limited edition of baseball cards that were made. And so when you and I look at this, I think we can agree that's old. All right, but you may have already seen, I saw I went too far on my slides there, but if you've got this baseball card in your possession, it would net you today a cool $2.8 million in your pocket. If you had that old piece of paper with you right now, we could find somebody that would give you close to $3 million for something that is old. So I think we can agree that not all old things are bad. But it's not just something like a baseball card. We can look in the Bible as well. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul says, For whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. What is Paul trying to tell us here? What is he trying to point out to us? He says that whatever things were written afore, 
That is, whatever things are of old, we might say, whatever things are from the past, were written for our hope, for our encouragement. Those old things are not just there to take up space. They're not just there to be words that are passed down or words on a page, but they're written so that we might have hope. Those old things that are found in the things before time are a blessing to us and a part of hope. Paul says a similar thing again to the Corinthian brethren in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. He says, now all these things have happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the end of the ages have come. It's basically a very similar statement that he makes here, but he talks about the examples, the things that were afore, the things that are old, that were written for their admonition. And of course, by proxy in a way for us today, that we can look at those old things and have encouragement out of them. The place that we oftentimes go, of course, is Hebrews chapter 11, when we think about the hall of fame of the faithful and all of those who are gathered there and the encouragement that it is to us. And we see folks who suffered. We see folks who went through things, and that is an encouragement. That is our admonition. That is hope for us. So no, not all old things are bad as we think about seeking the old paths. But I would submit to you as well this morning, on the opposite side of that coin, not all new things are good. I don't know how many of you recognize this. This is a Samsung, a Galaxy Note 7. You may recognize it. You may not recognize it. You may recognize it more by this picture. Because while that was a fancy new phone that many of us would like to have, this is what would happen to him if you kept him too long in your pocket and the battery got heated up. It didn't look so nice anymore like that. It looked a little more like this. And, of course, if you were carrying it in your pocket, as many of us do, you might have had a burn on your skin or on your clothes because the battery would heat up and catch fire. I would submit to you that all, all new things are not always good as well. We have to be careful a lot of times in our life that we don't just label things. When we see something that says something is old, it doesn't always mean it's bad. And just because something is new, it doesn't always mean it's good. Again, we don't just have to look at a cell phone. We can look at the Bible again. Acts chapter 17, verses 16 through 21 is the section of Scripture where Paul comes into Athens, and he comes to Mars Hill, and he meets the people who are there. And the beloved physician Luke records for us, for all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Now, I would submit to you, that when it says that they're not they're here to hear some new thing it doesn't sound like that's a good thing okay i don't think they exactly came to hear paul speak because they were excited about what he might say about god and about all the wonderful things that god can do the idea of course that the scripture gives for us here is that they're looking for the latest and the greatest they're looking for maybe even we might call today the gossip what's the most what's the newest the hottest trend the most current thing that they could find out they didn't come just to hear the gospel they wanted to come to hear what might be the new piece of gossip or the new piece of information that they could try to glean. So again, when we see the word new, the word idea new here doesn't exactly lend itself that new is always good. Perhaps you know somebody who would be like these Athenians and these strangers who always want to hang around the latest conversation to hear the newest piece of information. They want what's new, but not because it's good. Of course, in that case, it's simply because they want the information that is contained there. When we say that we are to seek the old paths in, what are we talking about? If not all old things are bad, but not all new things are good, what do we mean when we say that we are to seek the old paths? 
I would submit to you that I would take it back even to maybe your school days. And you recognize the, the chalkboard idea here on the screen. But when we talk about seeking the old path, sometimes we mean that we need to get back to the basics. Perhaps you remember that at school. We got maybe a little advanced into mathematics or something along those lines. Maybe you were struggling to get something. The teacher might say, come back to the basics. What about a sports team? Oftentimes, sports teams sometimes go on a losing streak, right? Maybe they're forgetting the simple things. And the coach says, we have to get back to the basics. We have to get back to what we learned. I would submit to you this morning that when we talk about seeking the old paths, it's not a bad thing. But in some ways, it means that we need to get back to the basics. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32 and verse 7, the Bible says, Remember the days of old. There's that word again. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they will tell thee. You see the similar idea here, of course, is that we as young people or anyone as a young person, or no matter how old you are, is there's always maybe someone older than you for most of your life that you can always go back and find these things. You can go back and search these things and consider these things. And the fathers and the elders and the older people can help encourage us in those ways. You see, when I think we're talking about seeking the old paths, I would again submit for you this morning that I think it means that we should be finding the right and the good way, as the Lord says there. Ask for the old paths, where is the good way? When we say seeking the old paths, we shouldn't, should not just shut it off. It's not just a bad thing, but it means that we should find the right and the good way. We think about some other passages that are along the same lines. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 and I would say to you that it was so nice that Paul, or excuse me, the Proverbs writer wanted to say it twice. Chapter 16 and verse 25, again, he says a similar thing. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So if we are seeking the old paths and we are trying to find the right and the good way, we need to be careful. We need to be on the lookout that there is another way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. As well, Psalm 119 and verse 105, we see the psalmist say, Thy word, not whatever I can come up with, not, over the, not even my own understanding, but thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There is a right and a good way, and we can seek it out. But one of my favorite passages as I was growing up and a teenager and getting into college was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord... And lean, excuse me, with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. We talk about seeking the old paths and we should take that encouragement there. We need to understand that that means finding the right and the good way. But I would submit to you as well that seeking the old paths, while it means finding the right and the good way, that also means that there is a right and a good way. Now, you may be looking at me with a bit of confusion because you say, that sounds awful redundant. I mean, obviously, that's the case. But, folks, I would tell you this morning, as sure as I stand here, and if we had time to go around the room, we could all give examples. There are lots of people who would line up right outside those doors this morning to tell us that there's not a right or a good way. Now, there's a fancy high-dollar uh, college word that we sometimes use to describe that. Maybe it's not too blurry for you to see it. We call it postmodernism. All right, that's the high-dollar word. But what does it mean? Well, for a lot of people, it means to have fun while you can. 
All right, that may be a phrase that you hear tossed about among people. Have fun while you can. While you're young, live it up. Some people say, what's right for you is right for you. What's right for me is right for me. We could take any number of situations and fill in the blank and say, well, whatever you think is right, whatever I think is right, so we can't really agree upon that. That's postmodernism. Now, for us, that's the big word, but what it simply means is that there is a right and a good way. There is a way of truth. One of the other phrases that is just kind of uh, taken a liking to me, and I just I, I can't stand to hardly even say it sometimes, but the idea that love is love. I'm not even sure what that means, okay? Uh, all Paul had to say in 1 Corinthians 13 then is verse 1, love is love, and move on to chapter 14, if that's what that means. Now, that's a whole other sermon for another time, but I can tell you again, we would find all kinds of people who will line up right out there to tell us that love is love. Whatever that means is whatever it means. A lot of people take that and then kind of translate that into do whatever feels good. I mean, all these things are things that you can hear. Again, the class that I was a part of this morning, we had somebody say it, turn on the TV. All you got to do is turn on the TV, and you'll hear any number of these things and people who will line up to tell you. Postmodernism is the big, long word that simply says, you can't tell me I'm wrong. It's what I want to do. When I say that seeking the old paths means that there is a right and good way, I'm not trying to be redundant in that sense, but I'm trying to help you know and help me know as we understand together that there are all kinds of people in this world that would tell us there is no right or wrong. Now, you know, those are a few phrases that are used. I thought of a couple other examples. That's a nice fancy sign there. I passed several of them on my way over the mountain this morning. If I pass one, as I do most mornings as I drive over to Amnicola to work, and it said the speed limit is 55 miles an hour, and I decided that the road was clear. There's nobody in front of me. I'm not posing any risk. And I decided that I wanted to drive 95 miles an hour. Well, I'm, if I pass one of those guys with the little lights on top of his car and the little noise that sounds, and he pulled me over, he might say, excuse me, sir, do you know that you're going 95 and a 55? If I wanted to apply the principles that we just talked about, I would say, okay. That's what I wanted to do. There was nobody in front of me. I'm not causing any harm. What's the problem? Uh, 95 felt good to me. I, you know, it doesn't matter what the sign says. I know it sounds like a little bit of a silly example, but this is the dangerous water that we tread upon when folks want to start believing that there is no right or good way. Another idea, of course, is I've coached my sons in basketball. Say we came to the end of the game and we were down by two points. And my son got fouled, he steps to the free throw line, and he shoots the first free throw and misses. He shoots the second free throw and he makes it, and I jump up and down and begin yelling, we won, we won, how exciting, that's so great. The other coach would look at me and say, you still lost by one point, how, what are you saying you won? I said, no, 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 free throws to us are worth four points, so we won. I mean, that's okay, free throws are four, that's what I think, that's what I believe. That is a silly example, it absolutely is. But that is exactly what happens when we start treading upon this ground of what's right for you is right for you and what's right for me is right for me. I could stand up here this morning and we could go through example after example from the world, from politics, from our entertainment industry, from any number of things on into our churches, our congregations, to people who would say what's right for you is right for you, what's right for me is right for me. And while that's dangerous ground, this morning we want to understand and know that when we talk about seeking the old paths, it's not just finding things that are old, okay? It's not just about that. 
It's about finding the right and the good way. And one thing that we need to understand this morning, no matter your age, sure, this sounds like a lesson that we need to drill into our young people, but no matter your age, we need to know and understand finding the right and good way means that there is a right and a good way. Maybe the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ say it the best in John chapter 12, verses 48 and 49. Jesus says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The words, the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority. There's a word that we don't like sometimes, but yet is a matter of fact. He says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. Sometimes we don't like authority. Sometimes authority rubs us the long, wrong way. Sometimes we run afoul of authority and we don't like that when we have to receive that punishment. 95 and a 55, asking to not be given a ticket, it's kind of silly. I would probably have walked away with, you know, a couple hundred dollars out of my pocket to the government for going too fast for that limit, for that sign, for the speed limit. And we kind of all understand that, but yet when we start getting into this idea of authority or of truth, we have to be very careful. And I hope to encourage you this morning as we think about these words, we are to seek the old paths. And when we do so, we need to recognize that that means finding the right and good way because there is a right and a good way. We, looked at, we talked about asking for the old past. We looked at Deuteronomy a few moments ago. It talked about asking thy fathers, the elders. Why do we do that? Well, the commentary that Matthew Henry puts out on the Bible says that if we would do that, if we would ask for the old paths and we would see the way of godliness and righteousness has always been the way which God has owned and blessed and in which men have prospered. Asking for the old paths and walking in those ways has always been the way in which God blesses people. You don't believe me? Ask Adam and Eve. When were they blessed? When they were walking in those paths. Ask Noah. Ask Abraham. Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. So did he. He stayed to those old paths. He stayed to those truths, to the right and the wrong, and he was blessed in that. Ask Abraham. Ask Gideon. I had to pick names and just put some up there. We could go for ten different slides putting name after name, name after name, example after example from the Bible of those who were blessed and guided when they walked in those ways. When they sought the old paths, when they sought what is right and what is true, they were blessed by that. Ask Peter, ask Paul, simply open the truth, your Bible, and look at the Word of God, and you will see example after example of those who are blessed in that way. That is the way that God intends to bless us. When we seek the old paths, when we inquire of our fathers and our elders and of those who would guide us in those truths. But we have to seek the old paths. When we talk about seeking the old paths this morning... I see now that the red kind of blacked out the words there, made them a little darker. I apologize. But seeking the old paths means that there is, there is a path of righteousness, that we can find it, we should follow it, and we can have rest. That's what seeking the old paths means. You know, when we present this lesson and we think about our young people, we hear the word old and we always shut off whatever comes after it. Seeking the old paths means there is a path of righteousness. It means that we can find it, we should find it, and we have the opportunity to find that rest. And that is a blessing. 
That is an encouragement. Not just when you get older maybe and your body feels a little more tired and a little more worn out. But for anybody in life, when we follow after the path of God, there is a peace. There is a freedom that comes along with. There is a joy that comes when we seek the old paths and walk in those ways. Seeking the old paths means the paths that were prescribed by the law of God. The paths of the written word. The paths of the truth. The true standard of time. That is what we mean when we think about seeking the old paths. It's not some outdated book. So many people hear us talk about the Bible. They think it's full of dust. So many of these old things that don't mean anything anymore. Today's new. It's a new world. It's the 21st century. All of these great things are happening. Why would we go back to something that is so terrible and old and has all these restrictions in it? When we talk about seeking the old paths, it's not a hindrance. It's a blessing. It is an encouragement to us. When we talk about seeking the old paths, we're, seek- we're talking about finding the truth, finding the word of God, and finding the true standard of time and walking in those ways. Perhaps you've seen a picture similar to this this morning. The idea, of course, that two paths diverge in the forest. Which way you're going to choose? And you know, when God began those words there in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16, he begins by reminding you and reminding me, and even as we look at it this morning, that the choice is yours. He says, before he even gets to seeking the old paths, stand ye in the ways and see. He encourages us to take a moment and explore, to look and to find, to choose. We should not just take the word exactly that I say because I said it or because any other preacher or elder says it. We have to take it against the truth, the true standard of time. But God says we have a choice. Stand in the ways and see. We have an opportunity to choose which way we want to go. We have an opportunity to seek the old paths. Not because it's outdated, not because it's full of cobwebs or dust or simply because it's old, but because we want to find the truth among things. This morning we asked that question. Seek the old paths. Will you seek the old paths and walk therein? Because the blessing is, and we know that when God makes a promise, he's going to keep it. The blessing and the promise that God makes here is that if we will seek the old paths and walk therein, we can find rest for our souls. And again, you don't have to be 50, 60, 70, 80, or however old and feel old in your body to want rest. Sometimes we all want a little rest. Sometimes we all want a little peace. Sometimes we all look around us and see this tumultuous, tumultuous world and we feel fear and we feel unease. We can find rest for our souls. But the key is, is that we seek the old paths, that we seek out the word of God and we walk in those ways. Will you seek the old paths this morning? Will you walk therein? Or, because you know what? God doesn't just give us the statement. He doesn't just give us the blessing. He gives us the other side of the coin. Or will you answer as the people answered there? You know, if I were writing things, I would have stopped there just before this last question in Jeremiah six sixteen. But God, by inspiration there, says that the people answered We will not walk therein. When we look at the world around us, we see a lot of people today who answer that way. They look at the word of God and they say, we're not going to do it. It's too much. It's too hard. It's too burdensome. And I don't want to be a part of it. Many of you can speak to the fact this morning that while, yes, there are some restrictions, not even like that word, restrictions, some things that we shouldn't do in the word of God, there's a, a whole heap of blessing 
a whole heap of hope that lies within seeking the old paths, walking in the way of the word. There is rest for our souls. But we must decide this morning, just as the picture showed a few moments ago, of whether or not we are going to seek the old paths and the way of the Lord or seek after the ways of the world. It's a choice that we, each one must make, not only in this moment, but every day of our lives. What we're going to do, the decisions that we make when we wake up, whether it's what to put on, what to eat, where to go, all those seem trivial to us. They don't seem like they're not a big deal, but everything that we do, every decision that we make has an effect upon our life and who we're influencing. And we must be careful to make sure that we seek the old paths, that we stay true to the word, so we have the opportunity to encourage those that we come in contact with. We're about to sing a song of encouragement in just a moment. As we do that, the intention, of course, is to encourage you to think about the words that we've just talked about, but as well to think about maybe you're here this morning and potentially an audience this size or someone who needs to obey God's plan of salvation. That is the plan by which an alien sinner, by which a lost person becomes saved. Many people like that idea. They like the idea of being saved, but they don't want to do what it takes to get there. There is a lot that is involved to some extent. It is somewhat of a simple plan, but there is things to discuss. I tried to sum it up as best I can here on the screen for us this morning. If you would like to know more about this, if you'd like for us to sit down and study with you, I know there are many folks here who would be glad to do just that because we don't want anyone to leave this morning wondering about their eternal place, their eternal abode, based upon the answers to some of these questions and taking these simple steps to salvation. Of course, it culminates with baptism, being washed in the water and by the blood of Christ. The Bible says it's not just getting the dirt off of our skin, but it's having the sin removed, for our life, removed from our life. It's at that point that the Lord will add you to his church and you can begin living faithfully. But again, as I look around this room, I see a lot of people who can say that's not always easy. Do you ever mess up? Because we all do. We're all going to mess up. Nobody's perfect. We're thankful to God that he instituted his second law of pardon, we sometimes call it, that we can repent and pray, and then we would again walk in the light as he is in the light. Many people in this audience can speak to the fact that it's a hard walk sometimes. We mess up. We allow sin to enter our life that separates us from our God. But praise be to God that we have an opportunity to repent and pray, that we can again be the right example, that we can again be on the path to heaven. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to become a child of God. You need to be added to his church by obeying that plan of salvation. Maybe you're here and you've wandered away and you need to come back to him. Maybe you're here and you need the prayers of this congregation to encourage you. For all those reasons, we'll be singing to encourage you as we stand together and as we sing.